God is a good God. He keeps on doing great things. Hallelujah. Just want to welcome you all to the house of the Lord. And we just want to greet all of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got visitors uh, amidst us. We've got uh, Miss Roper from Intel. Where are you? Just stand up so that we can greet you and love you. Hallelujah. Just greet you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've got Miss Vibai from Queens Hill, uh, from Queensland. Hallelujah. Where are you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God. And we've got Mr. Ashat. Where are you? Just lift your hand wherever you are. We just want to greet you. I just want to say to you, be at home. You know, I used to say to people, feel at home, but feelings are so unreliable because they come and go. So I want to say, be at home. Praise the Lord. You've made the right decision to come to the house of the Lord. And we want to acknowledge our elders all the way from the other side of Melbourne. Elder Gaza, you've done a good thing to come to Jaira where Jesus lives. Hallelujah. This is where he lives. This is where he lives. As you see us, we walk with him. This is what he has promised us here in Jaira, that he will never leave us. So right now, as we are here, he is here. Hallelujah. I hope you will take him back where you are. Praise God, hallelujah. We thank God so much. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, you know, to be here. And uh, I'm really thankful that uh, uh, I'm here. It's a big stage for me. You know where I come from, it's five people. And coming to your preaching to five people and <laughs> you are done. So this is a bit of a big stage for me, but I thank God that uh, we can do all things through Amen. Christ who strengthens us. Praise the Lord. So I just want to greet my, my wife. Uh, you know, I have to. Yes. <laughs> Protocols have to be observed. I want to greet my lovely wife. Uh, she's a wonderful person. Uh, uh, I will not give you details, but just know that she's a wonderful person. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm really thankful to the leaders of the church that have uh, given me this time, you know, to just share with you. Um, you know, I thought to myself, because initially I was supposed to preach on the 26th, and when the 26th came, or when it was just about to come, I was told someone else is going to preach, and then I was moved to the second, and when uh, last week I was told that the youth are going to be doing their thing, so I was like, yes, I'm off the hook, and I was thinking, uh, after the second, the chances are the overseers will be back then. So, <laughs> but we just thank God that uh, God is, has his own ways of doing things. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to continue in the same vein uh, as the preachers who preached uh, for the last two Sundays. As we are aware that uh, this year, God has spoke to, the serp to his servant and uh, God is trying to get back to return the church to where it was when it first started. Hallelujah. Amen. For some of us, one thing that brought us to this church was love. Love, undiluted, undiluted love. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know, there are certain things that 
if they are not saved over and over again, they get forgotten. Hallelujah. Which is why Jesus emphasized that every time we should be doing the Holy Communion. When we do that, we proclaim his death and his resurrection. Because if certain things are not observed and they are not done over and over again, they, become, they, they are forgotten. Hallelujah. There are churches that started in the right way, but because they forgot to do certain things, along the way they deviated from the right course. Praise the Lord. So the servant of God, uh, through the Holy Spirit, God spoke to him this year and said to him, can you teach the church to return back to that first love? Hallelujah. That first love where people used never to be scared to come and testify when God has done great things to them. Hallelujah. Amen. That church where when somebody fell into sin, people would cry together with that person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But nowadays, it's kind of completely different. People laugh when somebody's fallen into sin and all that. And the servant and apostle of God is saying, let's return to that love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So um, I'm going to be taking my message from one of the scriptures um, in the 10 days later. So John chapter 13. So I always get corrected, you know, my pronunciation, you know, I say 13 where I come from. <laughs> then my children will say, that's not how you say it. So I'm ready to be corrected. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we're reading from the book of John, chapter 13, from verse 33, I believe. 33. Just getting to my notes. When you stand up here, so many things happen. Suddenly, you can't find your notes. Hallelujah. Hey, hello. Uh, hallelujah. So, we're reading from the book of John, chapter 13, verse 34 to verse 35. Praise God. I finally got there. Do we have a good reader in the house? The new commandment, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved for one another. I'll just ask our chair and elder, elder Mazur, to just pray for the word. Praise the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you, the reverend, you for your mind and all such. We thank you for your servant, this servant, Father, as he stands before us. May you enlighten these lips of clay, Father. May, he increase, may you increase in this place, even as it increases. We thank you, Father, for the power of eloquence, that which you have put upon his heart, Father. We thank you, we thank you for deliverance. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you in this place. Holy Spirit, we say, take over. Minister and us through your servant. We honor you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So this is a story that we are perhaps familiar with. Uh, this is a story when Jesus was about to go to a place that he refers to. Uh, and he says to his disciples, where I am now going, you cannot come. Praise the Lord. 
So I, he gives a lot of emphasis to his last words uh, because these were like, you know, when you've been with people for, for, for a few years and you've taught them, you've taught them for a few years, and then you are giving them the last, sort of the last uh, co command. And you want them, you, you, I, I want to believe that these were the very, very important, were very, very important, important words that he had to say at this, at this point. Hallelujah. He, before he said this, he had taken his time to wash the disciples' feet. Hallelujah. One of the lawless jobs that a man of his stature would ever do, hallelujah. He was trying to demonstrate, he was trying to demonstrate how the disciples were supposed to conduct themselves when it comes, when it comes to how they should behave towards others. Hallelujah. Uh, this, in, in verse, in verse, uh, verse 13 of the same, of the same chapter, he says, He tells his disciples. Amen. Hallelujah. He, said, he tells his, he gives an, his, his disciples an example. And he says, can you follow this, this example? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here, when we've just read, the Bible says, he says, a new commandment that I give to you, love one another as, you, as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A new commandment that I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So the first thing that God does is to love us first, hallelujah. God will never ask of anything that he has not done to us. Praise the Lord. When he asks you of a tithe, he's already given you something, hallelujah. When he asks you to love, he has already given you, he has already done that before for you, hallelujah. Right? When he created man, it was a perfect creation, praise the Lord. And he anticipated everything that man would require, hallelujah. One of, one of those things was love, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And when he's asking us of something, there's nothing that God will ever ask us if he's not made, made provision for that. The Bible tells us that when he created the earth, it was a perfect creation. Hallelujah. At that point when God created the earth, there were only two people. But he anticipated that there were going to be billions of people in this world. Hallelujah. And he had created sufficient oxygen to cater for billions of people. Hallelujah. This is how God works. Hallelujah. God will never ask us of anything that he has not made provision for. Praise the Lord. When he's asking us to walk by love, he has made provision for love. Hallelujah. So he's saying to his disciples, I've demonstrated to you how you should love. I've demonstrated to you how you should relate to other people. Praise the Lord. When we read the book of Romans, let's just go to the book of Romans, chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 5. Amen. Are you there? Yes. Just read. Romans 5, verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint. Amen. Because the love of God has been poured out 
Hallelujah. The Bible here is telling us that God has outpoured love through the Holy Spirit to us. So as we are in us, there is love that God has already poured in us. God will not come to us and ask us to walk by love and ask us to love one another when he had not done it for us. Hallelujah. Everything that God asks for us, he's already done it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Even when he asks us to walk in faith, he's given us faith. There is faith that is, he has given to us. The Bible tells us that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Praise the Lord. And when we read the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says he has given a portion of faith, a measure of faith to everyone. And when Paul talks about his his life, he says, the life that I live, I, I live by the faith of God. Hallelujah. This implies that when God asks us of anything, he has made provision for that. Praise God. Now here God is giving us, he's giving his disciples the last commandment. He's saying to, the, to his disciples, by this the world shall know that you are my disciples when you have loved one another. Hallelujah. Many of us are coming, perhaps coming from break, from background where it is difficult to love. Hallelujah. I remember, I do not remember as a young man anyone ever saying to me, I love you. Hallelujah. I do not remember that. Every time I walk out of the I walk out of the house, the kids say, We love you, Daddy, and I say I love you, I love you today. But so some of us will come to the church and we've never experienced love in our own in our own lives, in our own lives. Hallelujah. And it will be difficult for us to give what we don't have. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But when we come to Christ, Christ provides everything that we need to be able to function according to his word in, in this life. Hallelujah. So he says to his disciples, the world shall know that you are my disciples when you have love to one another. Hallelujah. Not when you come to church. Hallelujah. Not when you pay your tithes. Hallelujah. But when you demonstrate love to one another, then the world will know that you are my disciples. By only one thing. I think here Jesus is saying, there's other commandments that I've given you before. But now I'm giving you a new commandment. And this new commandment that I'm giving to you is love one another. Hallelujah. Now I believe because love has already been placed, the Bible is saying it has been poured in us. Hallelujah. It was not a small measure of love, but it's mighty, mighty love that has been poured in us. So for us, not to walk in love is a decision that we have to make. Praise the Lord. We've got no excuse because God has given us the ammunition to walk in love. If you hate people in the church, it's a decision that you are making to hate. Praise the Lord. If you don't want to walk in love with the people, with the brethren, it's a decision that you have made. Hallelujah. If you are triggered by some people that are in the church, it's a decision that you are making to be triggered. Hallelujah. Because God has put in us love. Hallelujah. And he has asked us to walk with this love that he has given us. When you read the book of... Um, Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 if we just go there. The Bible says the fruits of the Spirit are and it calls the first fruit of the Spirit to be love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And if you read Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1, let's go to just Ephesians. Shall we just go to Ephesians chapter 5, chapter 1 verse 3. Verse 3. Blessed be the God of our, the God 
Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing that you may think of, God is it's, it's talking about the past. It's not talking about the future that God will bless us. The Bible is saying He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So if you think of any spiritual blessing that you may think of, the Bible is saying God has already blessed us. Hallelujah. Do you know that it's easy to, to function knowing that what you need is already within you. Hallelujah. That you function trying to ask God to, to give you spiritual blessing when the Bible is saying you already have spiritual blessing. When you begin to pray to ask God to give you spiritual blessing, you are you are standing from you are you're operating from a position of defeat, hallelujah. But when you begin to acknowledge that you already have these blessings in you, and begin to find ways of trying to activate those blessings, then you are operating from a point of victory. Hallelujah. 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 It is easy to pray and claim that God has already healed you. Hallelujah. Making reference to that to that scripture that says that that, that says he, he took away all our infirmities and by his stripes we are healed. Rather than going to God and saying, Oh God, come down to heal me. Because the Bible tells us God that, that God has already done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when it comes to walking in love, it's something that we have to practice. Paul writes to Timothy and says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 8 verse 12 he says, verse 8, he says train yourself to be God. Hallelujah. So when we are talking about love somebody has to train themselves to walk in love. The people that will annoy you in change, they will always be there. If you cannot take them away, they will always be there people who annoy you. People who come in your face Sometimes when you say anything, there are some people that will choose to just oppose what you've said. Yes. Whether it's the right thing, they will just choose to oppose it. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, change yourself to be God. Because you have love that you have already in you. And you need to change. You need to change yourself to walk in this love. Hallelujah. I'm not making up anything here. We've read from the Bible where the Bible says, God has poured love in you. Hallelujah. Love is important to you in abundance. Hallelujah. Even during Jesus' time, there were people that annoyed him. Hallelujah. At one point, he tells his disciples that I'm now going to be crucified. And Peter comes along and says, no, 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 no. This, this can't happen. This can't happen. You're not going there. You can't go there. And he had to say, let and get deep behind me. And when, we, when you look at his ministry, he was never angry with people. He was never angry with people. He was angry with the devil. We know of an incident where he goes to, to the devil and turns the, the temples upside down. Because people were doing what they were not supposed. The devil was functioning in that place. Hallelujah. So I know that anger is a God-given emotion. But the anger that you have is not supposed to be directed towards people. If you don't have the anger, you cannot fight the devil, you cannot resist him. The anger is supposed to be towards the devil. Hallelujah. Not towards the people of God. Because God has commanded us to 
love. This is not an, this is not optional. This is a commandment. It's not optional, it's a commandment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So choose to walk in love. Hallelujah. Even when there are people that are annoying you, choose to walk in love. Because you've got love in you. Activate that love. Hallelujah. By reading the word of God. Activate love, that love by beginning to be conscious that you have love in you. Hallelujah. You know, you, you know one thing that causes us not to sin is because we walk with the consciousness that we are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. In us, we know that God has dealt with our sin. He's removed all the sin, hallelujah, from us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that 33, I know that 33% of me is holy. Praise God. Because when you, when, you, when you come to Christ, the Bible tells you that you become a new creature. I'm saying 33% because you, you are made up of three parts. The spirit, the flesh, and the soul. Hallelujah. So it's these other two things that you need to deal with. Praise the Lord. That, so that they can align with your spirit. Hallelujah. So that's why I'm saying 33% of me is holy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we... Praise the Lord. So we, when we look at the ministry of Jesus, it was all about love. When people came to him for anything, he would provide. At one point, they needed food. And the disciples didn't want to take the responsibility. And they said, send them away. Hallelujah. But he said to them, what do you have? That's his ministry. Solving people's problems. If you are a Christian, you need to have eyes that see. Eyes that see people's problems. And solve people's problems. Hallelujah. Not to become a problem yourself. Hallelujah. At one point, he went to Samaria. They denied him there. And two of his disciples said, let's go fire and destroy these people. Go fire and destroy these people. I think they read the story of Elijah, you know, Elijah coming to hide from, from heaven. Hallelujah. They know that the power to call fire was there. Because with Jesus, it was just a word and things would happen. Hallelujah. But he says, no, I did not come to destroy. This is the love that Jesus has. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, look, listen to this. The Bible says, First John chapter 4, verse 7. He says, as we are, as he is, so are we on this earth. Yeah. Talking about Jesus. So the love that Jesus demonstrated when he was on this earth, we have that kind of love. Because as he is, so are we on this earth. Praise the Lord. So it's a decision that you have to make to walk in love. There is no excuse. You don't have any excuse. I don't want to hear that all oh, elder Daniel knows me. Elder, so and so annoys me. You still have to walk in, in love with those people. Hallelujah. Even when he, I, I was just talking about uh, the, his actions before, before the best that we read, that he knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. Among those disciples, there was a sellout. Yeah. But he was not exempted from the act of love. Jesus still knelt down and washed his disciples. Yeah. Right. Listen, people are shaped by where they are coming from. 
even here in church, I said 33% is what is said. There are some things that you still have to deal with as an individual. There are people that are difficult to love. People that are just not loving them. You cannot love them. They repel love. You try to love them, they repel love. I work with people like that. So sometimes in church I assess people. Just be careful. <laughs> but there's no excuse. There's no excuse. You still have to walk in love with those people. Hallelujah. Paul, of all people, Paul says he disciplines himself. He exercises his conscience so that he may be right with God and with people. You know that there's some, sometimes it's very easy to be angry even with God. Hallelujah. To be angry with people. But Paul says he exercises himself so that he can walk right. He can be right. His conscience can be right with men and with God. And he's a person that had the right to be angry with God. He had the right to be angry with God. After doing all he was doing, he's one of the men who was heavily persecuted. Hallelujah. But he said he disciplined himself to walk in love with men, even those people that persecuted him. Those people that persecuted him. He still walked in love. So this is the command from God for you. For This is the command from God for you and I to walk in love. Praise the Lord. Problem is church notwithstanding. This is a command to walk in love. Hallelujah. Second thing, for us to walk in this love, we have to first understand that God loves us. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot give what you've never experienced. Yeah. Hallelujah. God loves us in spite of our background. And the way God loves us is nothing to do with our weight. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm not trying to encourage you to just walk in here, but I'm saying to you, how God loves us is nothing to do with our weight. It's nothing to do with our performance. Because when we were sinners, He made a decision to love us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When He went on that cross to hang on that cross to die for you, what did you done? You've not done nothing, praise God. Because He made a decision to love you. Unless you understand that, that God loves you. Hallelujah. I may be struggling right now, but God loves me. Hallelujah. Things may not be going the way I want them to go, but God loves me. Hallelujah. This is the God who has vowed never to leave us. He is a God who is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Hallelujah. This is a God whose love endures for them forever. You have to accept it in visual level. You have to experience this love. Hallelujah. And understand that. God loves me. Praise the Lord. When you begin to understand that God loves you, then everything begins to line up. Hallelujah. Even when you are giving, you are not giving to seek His to seek God's love, but you are giving because God loves you. Hallelujah. Even when you walk right, you are not walking right so that God can love you. You are walking right because God loves you. That's what I call operating from a position of victory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Understand that God loves you. The only thing that can happen is you can sometimes choose 
have. But no matter where you are, God loves you. His love will never change. When you know that God loves you, it becomes better even to relate to people. Because majority of the time, we, we relate to people based on their performance. When you believe that God loves you because of your performance, then you take that and replicate it to others as well, so that and you begin to love them based on their performance. Hallelujah. But God does not love you because of your performance. He made a decision. The Bible says he has created all things for his pleasure. And all things are created for him. Hallelujah. When he created you, he loved you. He created you for his pleasure. He created you so that he may just love you. He created you so that you can voluntarily love him back. still exist in your life. But understand that God loves you. Hallelujah. And when you begin to understand that God loves you, then the change becomes effortless. The change becomes effortless. Hallelujah. You don't have to fight for change. You don't have to fight for it. It becomes effortless because you know that look, I've got someone who walks with a photo, with my photo in his wallet. Hallelujah. God has your photo in his wallet. Hallelujah. Because he loves you. He has vowed never to leave you nor forsake you. The church will be a better place if we all know that God loves us. Not based on our performance. I'm not saying, I'm not saying go and live anyhow and just say, God love me in spite of no no that's not what I'm saying because if you understand the love of God the love of God will compel you to walk right yeah yeah true I look at I, I read the story of the first disciples those guys in the book of Acts the beginning of Philippians chapter 3 those guys they, they experienced the love of God first hand they had experienced the love of God first hand they saw him hanging on the cross. They saw him being spat at. They saw him being pierced. They saw him being abused by all, in, in all sorts of manners. They experienced the love of God. And to them nothing mattered. We are busy accumulating houses. And those guys, they went and sold their houses because nothing mattered. They experienced the love of God first hand. This 10% the tithes that we had we had you about to them it was nothing. They were giving hundred percent because they experienced the love of God. When you experience the love of God at an individual level, then boom. Hallelujah. That will change you forever. If you experience it first hand, that will change you forever. Praise the Lord. I look at what men do. And I was reading the other day, uh, I was just driving and thinking about the incident of, uh, is it Ananias and Sapphira? So, they will correct us later on. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I was saying, if it was during Jesus' time, those guys would have died. They wouldn't have died. Trust me, they wouldn't. They would have died. 
just can you just imagine that the husband dies and he goes and gets buried? The wife doesn't even know that your husband is dead. Okay, people may argue that may argue that uh, the husband was killed by the Holy Spirit because that's why the, that's what the Bible says. But when the woman came, it was Peter who killed the husband. The power of his words. And then, then I was thinking to myself, I was looking at the life of Peter and thinking this is the same guy who denied Jesus three times. And this is the same guy who used to eat with the Gentiles. And when the Jews would come along, he would wash his hands and walk away. Hallelujah. This is man. Hallelujah. But the God that we worship loves us. The God that we worship loves us. In spite of our weaknesses, he says, come to me. All who are heavily laden, and I'll give you rest. There is rest when we begin to understand his love. The rest that we so strive for. You know, sometimes we go to bed, we can't sleep, we are depressed. When we begin to understand that God loves us, depression will never harm us. Because we know that we've got someone who's watching over us. Someone who loves us. He made a decision. The Bible says, so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When he loved, what did he do? He gave. So for you, when you love, it has to be preceded by giving. It could be your time. I'm not talking about money. It could be your time. It could be just a listening ear to someone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now I'm about to conclude. We go to the book of 1 John. God's purpose for creating humans, human beings, was all about relationship. But religion sometimes moves us from, hum from being human beings into human doings. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we are so focused on what we do. And we think God loves us because of what we do. I think that's making God so small when you begin to think like that. You know, there's a time years ago, you know, when I used to say, give me my tithes receipt, I want to keep them, so that when I'm in trouble, I will take them and spread them on the, on the table and say, God, look. And, and you know, over the years, God has been teaching me that were you there on Calvary when you first, the cross, yeah. were you there when you was nailed on that cross, were you there? What is the 10% that you give? Praise the Lord. So, 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. So, we'll read verse 11 and then we talk about it and then we we'll continue. But this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So, this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. The word that you had from the beginning that you should love one another. The New Testament begins after Jesus' crucifixion. So just before his crucifixion, he gives this new message. So John is referring to that message to say, this is the new message that you have heard, that love one another. It's a commandment. 
It's a commandment. And everything that you may think about revolves around that. Once you master loving one person, you cannot steal from that person. You cannot commit adultery. You cannot do anything bad towards that person. Once you've mastered, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Continue, verse 12. Not as Cain, who was the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Continue. Verse 16. Do not marvel. Verse 16. 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Yes, the Bible is saying sacrifice for the brethren. Our Lord Jesus demonstrated his love when he sacrificed for us. And he's now saying, here's your opportunity. Sacrifice for your brethren. Sacrifice for your brethren. When your brethren is struggling with anything, don't walk away from him. Sacrifice for your brethren. Verse 17. There's a question. If you see a brother in need and you shut your storehouse, how does the love of God, how can you claim that you have the love of God in you? How can you walk and claim that the love of God abides in you? Hallelujah. Because the love of God acts. The Bible says he so loved the world. What did he do? He acted by giving the world his only begotten son that whosoever Praise the Lord. Verse 18. My little children, let us not love in words or in tongue. Love is not just the words only. Hallelujah. Love is action. Praise the Lord. Let's move on to, I'm concluding now, to First uh, John chapter 4 from verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Yes. If you do not love, you are not. This is a strong statement now that I'm saying to you. If you do not love, you are not born of God. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For everyone that loves is born of God. The only way that we know, that we the only way to recognize that you are born of God is when you love. If you do not love, you are not born of God. If you are not born of God, you are born of the devil. That's what it means. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to add anything onto that, but this is what it says. That if you do not love, you are not born of God. It is impossible for you not to love if you are born of God. Because Christ dwells in you. Hallelujah. When Christ dwells in you, not walk outside love, outside his love. You have to be a person that loves when Christ dwells in you. The Bible says he knocks at the door. Hallelujah. And if you allow him to come inside you, he will come and dwell in you, hallelujah, and dine with you. So, the fact that you say, Jesus, come into my love, he now dwells in you. So, apart from the 
for your own salvation. Send yourself to be godly. Send yourself to begin to walk in love. It's not an easy thing. To train yourself is not an easy thing. When Paul writes to Timothy, he says, physical exercise is of value. But godliness has value for all things. And he says, train yourself to be godly. Listen, this is what we are supposed to do. To train ourselves to begin to walk in love. The people that become athletes, good athletes, if they don't just wake up and suddenly, uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost, they are very good athletes. They have go through training. They have to train themselves. Hallelujah. So if you are a Christian, a Christian that, that wants to walk with that love, you need to train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Begin to walk in that love. Train yourself to be godly. Even sometimes when, when, when that anger comes and you, you feel like, no, 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 what this person has done to me should be fire for fire. Hallelujah. The Bible is saying, train yourself to be godly. It's under those circumstances where you have to train yourself to be godly. It's under those circumstances where you have to say, hold on, who am I? I am a child of God. And Christ lives in me. And train yourself to be godly. Continue. Verse uh, 8. He who does not love he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Right. This is such a powerful statement that you cannot say you know God when you don't love. You cannot say, I don't care about my horizontal relationship. I'm only, I care about the vertical relationship with God. The Bible tells us that Jesus grew in favor of men and yeah. with God. Hallelujah. So God is saying you have to prove by having a good relation with the people that you live with. You cannot claim to love God when you don't love the people that are among you. Hallelujah. In, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Commandment, we also ought to love one another. So I've said, I've touched on two things here. I've touched on the love that you already have in you, and I've touched uh, on the love that God has for his people, Amen. that God loves us, no matter what he loves us. We can choose to walk away from his love, but he loves us. Amen. And this is a command to all of us, Jair. I know we are an excellent church in love, but let's take that love to another level. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let's take the love to another level. Let's take the love to another level. Keep improving, taking that love to another level. Hallelujah. Knowing that you know, he lives in us. And knowing that he is blessed with all spiritual blessings. Knowing that we operate from a position of victory. Knowing that the love of God has already been poured in us. Hallelujah. Let's just take that love to another level. To another level, Jairi. Do you promise to take that love to another level? Praise
praise the Lord. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Shall we stand? Hallelujah.